0: No no Let's go. Let's go. Let's... We launched a campaign to regulate the social media, which was bitterly contested by the stakeholders. But we didn't stop, and we kept saying that if we do not regulate the social media, it will destroy us. Sir, so, social media and fake news did not start destroying Nigeria.
1: Hello, people. Welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. It's a special edition, and I'm sure. You enjoyed that clip. I just showed you right now, but we're going to be talking about that in a few, but I want to point out one thing that that clip shows us. The absolute importance of the internet. It's, it's not something you could actually just quantify or brush aside in this day and age. The internet, again, I repeat, is very, very important. And for us in Africa, it's. There are several layers we could talk about this, right? It has shown that internet helps to reduce unemployment. Why? Because where companies, where the internet is right now, that's where companies go, where there's good, fast and affordable internet. Then the internet is helping a lot of businesses thrive on social media, right? You're seeing a lot of vendors on Instagram selling electronics, uh, gadgets, devices and all of that. Then... The internet also helps to improve health outcomes. There are some hospitals in Lagos or in the big cities in Nigeria that you rarely rarely see a file being used. They just use computers to communicate in a community without internet connections, that would be really, really, <laughs> would not be possible. But in this day and age, we are seeing social media increasing in its importance, but we've seen some negative effects. I mean, you could remember Facebook's Cambridge Analytica and how it affected the U.S. elections, supposedly affected the U.S. elections. And some, the spread of misinformation, you hear things like good news spreading faster than bad news. And all of that communicates a certain language for innovators and a different language for regulators. The latest story on the block now is Nigeria is suing meta for 30 billion naira. That's about 17 million dollars. That's soon meta for 30 billion naira. They're joining the 30 billion gang. Or whatever that is. So to talk about this today. And we please stay to the end. We're going to be answering some really, really important questions. I have here with me Timo Lagunju. Tech lawyer yeah. and policy consultant, and it's a very, 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 very good pleasure to have you in our midst Thank today, you TV. For me. Yeah, this, this is the first time we're meeting, yeah, and we've so been talking we'll, for almost three yeah. years. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, the power of the internet, the internet, the well. social media. Yes, so, yes, <laughs> it is. and yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm quite lost right now because I. It seems there are different doors, different. Uh, Conversations to be had right now, and I don't even know how to even chip this in, right? But w- how are you thinking about ACON, the Advertising Regulatory Council of Nigeria? How are you thinking about the recent updates from uh, from them?
2: Well, well, basically, you know, in response, uh, ACON—that's formerly known as APCON, yeah—Advertising you know, Practitioners uh, uh, Council of Nigeria, right? Arcon um, says that they're only trying to regulate or control or manage advertisement, not necessarily social media in its own context. But to itself, that argument falls flat on you know, its face. Uh, because when you're trying to control, manage, vet contents on social media, advertisement or advertisement content, first, they are contents. Right. So in other words, indirectly, you're also getting involved in the murky waters of regulating social media. You know, So that's the first point. And then secondly, you know, APCON itself, there had been court cases, several court cases, oh. but at the high courts...
1: That's the public was not aware of. <laughs> yeah? that, we didn't, that we're not aware of in the
2: public. Oh, there were several court cases with APCON where the court had laid certain principles on ground, that APCON firstly, as when it was APCON, under its old acts, the 1988, you know, APCON Act at that time, could not extend its regulatory powers in that sense to non-members. Right? That's one key principle. And there are other cases where there has been concerns. There was a case they had against the um, Covenant uh, ministries, you know. And uh, in that case, you know, it was established that APCON stepped above its boundaries in terms of the fact that it does not have the contextual capacity to even control or regulate um, advertisements that were outside that of members in that sense. So if that was happening then with the traditional advertisements, Right, imagine now extending that kind of power to social media. In other words, I i, I posit that the courts may end up saying, Look, Acon, Acon has overstepped its boundaries. In the context of the fact that you know, Facebook, as it were, is not in any way a member of. You know, but those I will leave that for the court to decide, the federal high court in Abuja to decide. You know, mm. in that context. But I think there's a certain tendency for Akon to have overstepped this boundary. And also, who does it? The so-called law is not anywhere on public domain. Have you seen it?
1: No, I haven't. I searched it. national search everywhere, project, blog, and some other websites.
2: Nowhere to be found. Right,
1: when was the uh, act enacted? The the recent one,
2: so the recent one, I think around April, May, thereabout, the president signed it into law. Consequently, there were times when there were rumors about models. You know, did you hear about the fact that uh, you can't use foreign models? That's another kettle of fish on its own because you know, the reciprocal effect of that, if we look at for instance, now, other countries begin to act, you know, what we call reciprocal business, and start to say people like Bonaboy, Tiwa Savage, a whiz, whiz, a Big Wheezy, and David Du and the likes, cannot be on billboards of you know, adverts in yeah. their country. So, the effect of all those kind of policies in itself can go a long way in affecting business than they can even imagine, you know, in that sense. So, Contextually, but that's not even the issue for now. The issue now is the fact that Adcorn now spreading his tentacles to now start guarding. Then the reality also is does he have the manpower and capacity to start vetting? <laughs> <laughs> Every, and a fee is also involved. So who pays for that fee? Have you forgotten that when you advertise on Facebook, for example, right? You 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 pay VAT. The VAT goes to FIRS, which means that Facebook. Nigerians, it falls on the consumer. So, on the long run, when you start adding VAT fees and, and all that together, um, and, and vet fees, VAT and vet, <laughs> vetting fees all together, then the practicality of that cost falls on the consumer, the Nigerian people, you know. And then every advert, every advert of every business, every individual, no, it's not done. There are similar laws in, in, the, in the UK, for example, but they don't vet every advert. If what they simply do is watch, they serve as watchdog, observe, are there adverts that seems to go beyond the boundaries of what is spelled out within legal confines? You know, but from, for APCON to allege that some adverts are immoral, what is morality? You know, morality in Nigeria in itself is another issue yeah, of debate. Relative, yeah. You know, so it needs to stay within the confines of legality and it needs to be clear. But first, where is even the law? So that the public can be really aware of the length, the breadth of, of this law. And I'm not sure they had a public hearing. Did you hear of any public hearing? Uh,
1: so I didn't even know when it passed, first, second... Second, or- we didn't hear of
2: any public hearing. Interestingly, I went to do my search. The amendment to APCON Act was presented to the parliament in 2017. I read a copy of it. None of it talked about anything social media or digital. But apparently, between 2017 and now, having gone through many approaches to guard social media, it seems that the policymakers feel like this is a sneak peek approach <laughs> to play the devil's advocate with appcon But Apcon should not become a guinea pig for such activities.
1: So, interesting. Before, before we even continue, yes. uh, Hope. Uh, I read somewhere about uh, for about uh, the consequences of talking about ongoing court cases. I hope it's legal for us to be talking about this right
2: now. Well, the point is, it's legal. It's legal to discuss the very you know substance of what the basics are, but we are not preemptively giving the courts a prayer. You know, saying, no, oh, this is the conclusion that the matter has to be." You know, we are not doing that. We are not becoming a judge in this case, do you understand? But we are discussing, you know, the extent, the breadth, the width, the height, you know, (laughs) (laughs) of it. So, so that's it.
1: Okay. So you, you talked about the archon, art and height, this stuff now that no one can find anywhere is empowering, uh, archon to do whatever it is they are doing, but what's, what's the idea behind vetting ads in general? Because I. I don't get it, honestly.
2: Even traditional ads, eh, talk less of
1: of digital ads on social
2: media, it doesn't make any sense. So first send it to after, after you want to you want to, it doesn't make sense. So for example, now you you want to put an ad of this maybe this conversation, right? And then you have to then send it to Ancon, the Ancon, with all the bureaucracy before the app. No, no. No, no, it's not done, and it's not global standard. It's not. It's not.
1: So, but in instances yes. when you want to make sure that there are no unruly actions yes. in an ad, there are no sensitive information, no sexually um, suggestive yes. ads in the public domain. How would how what would the, what would be the ideal way the global standards yes. in this case? There's something to go called about-
2: self regulation, and you see that the social media platforms, to be frank with you, are doing a lot of work in that regard. He, he, and and you know the funny thing is that global standard and research assume that governments are usually the biggest violators. In fact, the biggest perpetrators p- of misinformation. <laughs> I don't want to mention names here. You know them already. Their campaign has even started. You started hearing some of them. I <laughs> were in government, ministers, and you know,
0: yeah. uh,
2: to be high neck uh, of officers. <laughs> they become global standard. Funny enough, one of them has become global standard for the study of fake news and misinformation you know in the Harvard's and the mits of this wow. world right <laughs> you know, the name starts with l it starts with l l and ends with o wow. l o i know you know Abby <laughs> 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 who was who was recommended to become an <laughs> inec uh, you know official oh star. my so, god but, but 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 that's 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 even a different a kettle of fish you know the practicality you know, global standards to not it, what what a- a- Acon may want to do might be okay. Issues of maybe drugs and some core, core issues, you know, pornography, nudity, and all those core issues, like you know, might be then subject to some kind of vetting, right? But not generally a sense of wanting to vet every content that is posited to be an advert. It's not practicable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's having me think a lot about you know, what things startup have to do these days, right? You see, fintech companies coming up with creative ways to spread the word, jumping on social media trends, and all of that. So, so, so many many things yes. that you see. Yes. Uh, say, carry-wise, they use the whole youth kind of language, yes. or sometimes they could even be playing on some things that happen in governments. <laughs> that might be <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then you not send it to <laughs> So you see that that there's the debate between free speech now. That's where Akon is, is delving into the debate between free speech and uh you know and uh you know very regulations. That's where that's that's where this thing is dovetailing into now. You know, from this <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay all right so before we move on i think this is not the perfect time to remind you about our fintech summit coming up on november 26 2022 at four points by sheraton we'll be bringing the biggest stakeholders in the fintech space to come and talk about all the trends the big trends in fintech so you'll be hearing stuff about embedded finance you'll be hearing stuff about um Building careers in the fintech space and, of course, what it takes to actually build a fintech startup. So there will be issues around compliance, be around capital, technology itself. We'll be discussing all of that at the fintech summit and uh, head over to fintech.techpoint.africa to get your ticket now. So, yeah, yes, Ogatimi, okay so please, just... Uh,
2: fintech.com.africa, right, No, Nami?
1: fintech.techpoint.africa. Yes. yes, that's... that's. Uh, a key for a lot of discussion yes,
2: for those, whether you fintech or outside of the fintech as yes. long as you're dealing with money, crypto and everything that has to do with
1: it yeah definitely definitely yes, so yes, yes. Yeah, uh, uh, please just come closer to Sound our okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we're going to get more powerful yeah. man, so what about this something. <laughs> yeah but talking about this whole uh, advertising and whatever there there are, they are focusing on meta why meta so google for instance now are daddy de- like the kings of ads for me that's where they make the most money and of course we have twitter we have linkedin They all do sponsored ads so what happens to those platforms yes.
2: and we also have linda ikeji too <laughs> and our tech, own <laughs> no no let's no, 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 so so the point is this that's why nigerian businesses must realize that you see it is not just about meta. The way the narrative has been shaped, it seems like they're going after meta, But that's not what they're doing. We need to start seeing the sneaky initiative or motive behind this. Just as the act was re-revised and re-revised from 2017, and now landed here, where we don't even know where, what it is, and we can't even see a copy of it in public domain. But we don't even know if it's gazetted Because if it were... Shouldn't we have copies in public domain? You know? So, now, the point there is that, right, it it seems like it is meta. But it's not meta. It is all of us in the space. But they are using meta as the guinea pig to test the waters. And you see, when Nigerian government seems to start saying, oh, we want physical presence of social media platforms in Nigeria, and you start acting in certain ways as to show that those who are physically present will become the guinea pigs. It discourages others from being physically present in the country. Facebook has presence in Nigeria through their, you know, um, Facebook in, in Yabos or somewhere. Yeah. So it's easy you to be able to track them. All those that have physical, Google too has physical presence in Nigeria.
1: Yeah, they have another. So
2: it is not just about Facebook. It is now about all other platforms that are in the business of advertising and social media. That is the target. So this is like, you know, the test water to establish the authority of... If it had that authority, I don't think it does. Because if it does, it will not be going about trying to enforce its own authority in courts. It would have, initially told facebook we've given you demand notice over a certain period of time right and then that's how policy make everywhere nobody goes immediately goes policy makers don't just quickly go to court and say oh they want to demand notice demand notice They're over a certain period of time and then you can now subsequently say you know so that adversarial approach itself would not work because facebook does not even have to be in nigeria for it and then the loss on revenue because there is VAT being paid on every facebook ad right so if they decide okay we are not even dealing with ads in nigeria do you know the implication of that on the revenue that the vat revenue that might come in from and then how do you even position yourself in nigeria now the point there is this you are in rwanda for example you put an ad up right and the ad is seen by a Nigerian. You don't get jurisdictionally. How do you now say that particular ad is targeted specifically for the Nigerian market? It
1: yeah, I get. I get it. But you know, we're having a similar conversation around this taxation. Yes. A few years back, when the Finance Act came in 2020, and part of the provision was these guys would be having to pay. Oh, that's tax. a different
2: football game. That's a corporate. Paying corporate taxes, yeah, corp- tax. But I think they walked around the VAT thing because okay. that one is more realistic to achieve. Okay. The, you know, there's still the OECD countries are still debating on which principles to follow in terms of taxing
1: these tech companies.
2: Tech companies. Yes. So there's still a debate. There's a debate with the current um, what's it called, African Union, um, um, what's it called Af- Af- after you know free trade uh, agreement uh. that is ongoing and all that. <laughs> so the, the
1: after for instance mm. came in 2022 covid internet blah 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 different uh and it's still
2: lingering w- what's
1: <laughs> so that's okay it's let's a different let's, of fish. okay that's, let's let's not open that kind of worms
2: it's a white one it's let's not open one. that
1: kind of ones because one. but for this kind of things to because i've been looking at it i wanted to say okay should i even take this thing seriously yes a lot of things have, have been happening. We don't know the direction. You don't know what the point is. But at, should we? Do you think people should take this thing seriously? Hmm. It should. Could it just be just some game they are trying to play or
2: something? There yes. Is- so that it ends up becoming some game. That's why we need to take it seriously. Hmm. You know, because um, the price of um, um, freedom is eternal vigilance. Right, so our
1: eyes must be open at all times.
2: That's why this conversation is happening. It doesn't seem like it's a trendy topic, but it should be a trendy topic. You know why? Because it's a core issue of concern. If, for example, I've gonna say, Oh, this is the election period, political ads, right should go through a certain scrutiny, although that itself is, um, is biased. Because APCON is on the stream, tied to the apron of the government. The government is also running for office, <laughs> you know, in the APC. So it doesn't balance things so we- as well. But it's going for not just political ads. It's going for every ad. You know, and that's what the challenge is. So
1: is it... Fair to say, because when I saw it, the only thing that came to my head was political. That was the only thing that came to my head. Yes. Do, is, it, is it fair to say that this could be politically motivated?
2: We, we would have said it's politically motivated, but there's an ego to it. If you look at the trends from the inception of this government, i studied the trends. right? You see that elections in 2015 came in. Social media was quite instrumental in bringing the APC into power. Right? So... From 2016, there was an agenda that came with the social media hate speech bill and all that. The Minister of Information, al Lai Muhammad, if you notice, the four crumb, in fact, they almost synonymized his name to fake news. You know why? Not as if he was spreading fake news, no. He was talking so much about fake news and how to de- deal with fake news during the first tenure of his minister- a ministerial appointment that he forgot that he was also Minister of Talk Culture. Hmm. Because he's, he's actually Minister of Information and Culture. How about also see social media partnerships as opportunities to drive the cultural element in his ministerial work? We didn't hear that part as much. Seeking partnerships with platforms, right? Facebook, TikTok, um, Instagram and the likes, to drive the cultural economic potential of Nigeria. He not—he didn't talk much about that. The, the core um, of his, you you remember, of his policy language was around how can we deal with fake news. And over time, you see that a lot of bills came up, 2016. Then when it was close to election, they saw that the people were vigilant about these issues. And then 2018, there was a halt on some of these bills. Right? because of the 2019 elections. After the 2019 election, 2020, <laughs> another set of bills were coming. We started seeing all kinds of consequently, right? There seems to be a lot going on around that space and we need to be very vigilant. You know why? There is a new bill in in, in the House now that on, you know, data privacy bill, right? That's we need to also be very careful they gave people one week from i think 2 or 3 days ago one week to send in a memorandum one week if they're serious about getting imputes, it shouldn't be one week you know but we also need to be careful about those kind of bills
1: is the content available online
2: yes okay we must be careful and if it's not I, I think i do have a copy you know so we must be careful about those bills you know why because consequently there's a desperation to insert certain clauses to, garg, to give government control over social media in some sense. Right? So the point I'm trying to drive at in essence is the fact that when you look at the whole framework of how the policy the environment has been, you see that the agenda basically for 2015 has been largely around how do we bottle this social media? You know, this genie called social media, granting people the wish of the people against the government. You know, the people are now the Ladin. How do we bottle that genie? How do we bottle that genie over a period of time? And that's the same rhetorics and body language that we see with the policymakers at this point in time. And that's why there's a lot of mistrust. If the foundation be destroyed, <laughs> the ladies, you know, <laughs> what can the makeup parties do? Yeah, right, mm-hmm. you may even get the answer, but the point is, I don't do makeup, so I don't know. But the point there is the fact that when you look at the foundation of the policy rhetorics, it has always been as to how to guide social media, hence the increased distrust between government and the people when it comes up with policies of this nature.
1: Hmm. All right, keep opinion that we're going to be jumping on that right after this break. So, you're going to be hearing from our business team.
0: Hi, I'm Abisala Adenoga, the head of Business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below. Social media, honestly, we have spoken to it. Social media has come to stay. We're not complaining about social media. We are complaining about the unbridled, unregulated social media. We are looking at the negative aspect of social media. And it is not just communist countries that are very wary of social media, even the US social media.
1: Okay, guys, that, w- that was a video of Live Mohammed talking about the dangers of social media. And to be fair, a lot of these things do happen, right? There, there's the benefits on the one hand, and there's the negative effects, right? As many people have gotten jobs, uh, done really, really wonderful businesses with the internet, a lot of people have lost their lives, a lot of people have fallen free to very, very bad actors because of social media. Then, of course, in the U.S., he he referred to the U.S. and how Facebook somehow influenced the elections in 2016, uh, thereabouts, between Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, the, the infamous Cambridge analytical scandal. So, and you just pointed out a trend of the Nigerian government trying to regulate social media. So before we enter the obvious question in my head, there's this, the International Telecommunication Union, the ITU, a global body that's supposed to regulate technology, and Nigeria just got re-elected, but Mm -hmm. this ITU is not a really, really known UN agency, but what caught my interest with the ITU was China and Russia trying to propose a new internet protocol for the internet, (laughs) a new protocol for the internet, right? one that gives governments control of the internet rather than the corporations of facebook google and the other guys amazon apple they they just they just control one part of the internet they've they've established their own basis right so it's leading me to ask the question considering all the issues that the internet could have right it's a very very powerful tool but at the end of the day it still is tool. Just like a gun a cutlass it could be A force for good, but it could also be a force for evil things. So, how do you? Who should regulate, control social media? Should it be the powerful corporations who are out to just make billions and billions of dollars? Should it be governments who you could barely trust, but they've been elected by the people to actually look out for them, look out for what is in the people's best interests? So, how do we navigate this? I
2: think the answer might be in the context of finding a balance that works for the people. Right? And the way to find that balance, regulators are there to make regulations for the people. It should be for the people. Businesses are there to make profit for their own people, shareholders. Right? Now, the interest can converge. Where regulators are focused on ...making regulations or policies that protect the people. That should be the basic fulcrum. Not trying to control social media... ...in the context of... ...the fact that... ...you're doing it... ...to be able to have power. It's not a power tussle. Or else... ...you would realize that the two elephants... ...in the room will fight... ...and the grass, the people will suffer. Right? Right? And that's the challenge. The conversation should not be about power tussle on the part of the regulator. It should be about how much more can we do to protect the rights of people in that sense. And those rights are clearly the UN conventions spelt out the fundamental human rights, right? To privacy and all those kind of rights, right? Laws in Nigeria, for example, you have the Constitution. Chapter four of the Constitution spells out those right so extensively. That is where the wellspring of regulation should focus on, not about power. That is what I, I feel.
1: So, but uh, to quote this lady from Game of Thrones, they say power is power. When you have power, you're able to enforce a lot of things, right? So. I'm thinking there's only so much the EU, for instance, could do to the big tech companies. People, if the EU decides to implement a regulation that doesn't favor, okay, let's take Australia, for example, where Google started penalizing uh, content creators in Australia because of a policy that the Australian government brought to try and help publishers. And they oh, said...
2: Okay, the Facebook saga. Yes, where, it was Facebook. Right? Yes, saga.
1: So, Facebook was able to flex its muzzles yeah. against a government. But imagine if that they government...
2: Re- they, they reached a compromise. Yeah, yeah, they did, Set they a did. Balance. Yes. Facebook was willing to pay some of the public you know. The point is that they were trying to protect traditional media. It wasn't even for... They were trying to protect traditional media. media yes. Traditional media... Now, the point is this. When you look at this, this stuff, right? Traditional media are controlled by largely... For instance, in Nigeria, the the government, NBC, has a hold on traditional media, such that certain news that should get out to the people do not, it gets filtered, right? So, if you look at it, the fact that Facebook is putting news out itself is somewhat democratizing news in Australia. But basically, the interest or intention of the government is not purely for the if you look at it, it's for a sect. <laughs> Whilst the interest of Facebook, too, might be tainted a bit towards, look, how can we make more profit? So let's get news out, too. But now they are able to find a balance. And that is exactly what regulations should do. It shouldn't give power to one sect. How much do you even trust the government?
1: On a scale of. To
2: give it. On a scale of 1 to 10.
1: You <laughs> oh,
2: <minus two. laughs> it so much power to be able to decide you see that you see Machiavelli said something he said there's not and I, I like that code a lot for specific reason as much as I don't believe in Machiavelli's approaches look there's nothing more difficult to do or more doubtful for success than to initiate a new order of things for the lukewarm defenders are those who profit by the old order
1: mm, the like, lukewarm defenders are those who profit, profit by, by the, the old order. order
2: and you see when you talk about the old order some interests in the government kind of protect the old order. Not entirely the interest of everybody as as such. Hmm. And so, this kind of platforms also create balance. And so, those balances in the scale of it, right, is what will now bring us to an equilibrium that favors the people. That's exactly, that's how I think this, you know, the, (laughs) so but the the,
1: the issue with this for me i think there's this saying that's in our local parlance we say this life no balance (laughs) so in most cases you really find that balance right only in few instances have you been able to see the companies governments and the people are working in very very good synergy right capitalism in the world of capitalism somehow has been skewed towards making as much profit as possible so then in expense of the people the governments they've not been able to when you look at all the global uh, capitalism industries mm. right uh, let's take the us for example a lot of us citizens are in very 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 huge depths when it comes to educational loans to go to the to go to college to go to universities Where where in nigeria
2: we will put them in that debt? it was it was it not the government credit system so, wow! me,
1: <laughs> so, I'm actually making a points that no one has seemed to has been able to find that balance. Yeah. So, is this balance even even is it even is it possible?
2: Poss- no? Apparently, it's not. You mean no? The balance is not possible. But what can happen is that we can always have dialectics situations, right? And that's why, because that balance is not possible. That's why you cannot screw power. You cannot make one sect, the government, for example, have total control, or else the balance will even be more screwed towards, do you understand, you can't give private sector to some total control, or else the balance will be towards their own, do you understand the logic? So, in the course of finding some balance in the midst of the imbalanced world, is why, you know... It has so, to be Bafumuri, Bafuboda. You know, take it and, and, and take it there. Sort of, kind of. You know.
1: okay, so they're c- also
2: great jobs. These guys also create jobs. Yeah. Frank, you know, they great jobs. Um, and, and they do certain things that government itself cannot, cannot set to do. You know, I think government needs to start driving an agenda that is more towards looking at these platforms as possible patterns. But with a caveat, with an eye towards uh, this approaches violating the rights and the privileges of people. That's 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 what I that's my own perspective. Hmm. There's a lot of that can happen in that holy matrimony. Yes. So yeah, between,
1: so so far, uh, look at the
2: COVID crisis. Okay. When the, 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 there seems to be an increased balance in you know in fighting on the COVID issue front, when everybody played their parts, sort of. Look at it, and the people benefited. Look at governments. They don't have access to everybody, but this platform has access. They were providing information based on countries, even Nigeria. Some platforms, I know TikTok, and some other platforms, Twitter and all that, were providing information about, you know, WhatsApp, about COVID and all that. That's a lot, you know, that has brought so much good to, the people at such crisis time so i think that's where
1: yeah so the current uh fights or should i say struggle the power tussle yes we have to make sure that no one side wins
2: for our own good
1: good. (laughs) so it is okay that the government is dragging facebook and it's okay that facebook
2: (laughs) is also fighting back
1: Okay, that that, that that makes a lot of sense. But now, coming back to Nigeria, now you talked about um, partnerships. Google, Facebook, they have presence in Nigeria quite a right. Yes. But uh, most of all, the major things they've been launching, they've been launching them outside. Yeah. AI Center is in Accra, a Product Development Center, Kenya, Data Center, South Africa. We have four major cloud providers AWS, Microsoft, Google, Oracle, yeah. all in South Africa. So, is, could all these things be contributing to some of all these? I mean, uh, what you mainly see in Nigeria the business guys, the sales guys, the mm. probably the regulatory guys, if if there are any. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even the funny enough, the core regulatory guys are in S. Funny enough,
1: yeah, that's why I the people
2: say. here are mostly just uh, you know they they give them fillers.
1: So, what, what, how do we get out of this? Because almost every Google press, I think, I'm always like, when is it coming to Nigeria? When is it coming to Nigeria? We're like, oh, keep engaging the
2: government. That's where the government needs to play a role towards not just being antagonistic. Because you see, businesses are also very careful. They study you know, public policy, right? <laughs> One of my lecturers in public policy public policy is not just the actions of government. It's the actions and the inactions of the government institutions so for example the body language of you know of a particular institution or who heads the institution of government can affect you know the whole frame of things for example you know the body language of um, general buhari in 2015 for a long while somewhat affected the dollar naira because a lot of people were afraid they were saying, will he repeat the same scenario as done before where, you know, you won't be able to move your dollars out of the country, you know, all those things. So it affected without saying anything. So you see what businesses do? They have a policy team that look to the body language, the unseen in government and see if there's a possibility for increased partnership with them. So when there's less antagonism, you see opportunities come to such countries. That is a key element in the ease of doing business that Nigeria seemed to not have. You see, all this swing, meta, and all that are not good optics.
1: For any other guy Yes, day.
2: for any other guy. So, basically, they would only be managing the situation, but when it comes to big things, you know, after consulting the policy thing they would tell, look the body language yes seems to tilt more towards rwanda they seem to uh, you know have a body language beyond just the statement of policy that seems to be accommodating of our investments right so those are the ease of doing business you know those are key elements in the ease of doing business that we need to look at you know first before we even begin to talk about other policy frameworks in place for instance, dollar repatriation, you know, tax incentives and, and all that.
1: So, uh, to, uh, maybe this might sound like a moot point, but yeah. I'm trying to play devil's advocate for the yes. government here, right? Think about some of all these big corporations and how exploitative they could get of people they feel are not as, uh, technologically advanced as they are and all of that. So we saw that, I think the Niger people in the Niger Delta could, can relate to a lot of the things that happened to them with oil exploration and all of that, and all of that, and all of that, of course, I'm kicking myself in the foot by mentioning Niger Delta again, because the government is also culpable in all <laughs> a lot of things, but <laughs> trying to stop these companies from exploiting them. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Cause I've noticed African countries by and large are territorial. That foreign coming here. I mean, we blame the West when they say immigrants are coming to take our jobs,
2: but Africa is pretty much the same. Well, you know that uh, it's just like a virus, right? A virus comes into and then attacks the host, collaborates with the host, and then sort of begins to... So the point there is this. These companies will not have a playing field for exploitation if the government is not complicit.
1: Complicit.
2: Hence... <laughs> you talked about the Niger Delta. You know, all the companies that have come, the indications show that government and government players were complicit of to that those exploitations.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, all right. So, that, this this one has been an interesting one. So, but coming back to the whole meta thing and how it seems the Nigerian government is looking for a way to shut the door and open another one. So, what are those things we should look out for? Talking to everyone in general, if, we listen, if we're watching this or listening to this, what are those things we should look out for? What, if there's anything we spot? Who are the right parties to actually meet to make sure that laws like this don't always don't come into the, yes. uh, into force? Uh, yeah. So, and I know there should be a way to reach out to the senator, the House of Representatives, oh, yes. So, yes,
2: and all of that. Oh yes. Interestingly, actually, you see, when it comes to the po- policy hierarchy, right? Even at the Senate, there is a Senate Committee on Communications. Which interestingly, I think was or is headed by um, Senator Luremitinubu. You know, there's there's a Senate Committee on Media and matters of that nature, right? There's also a Federal House of Rep Committee with a chairman. I know that the House of Rep Committee on ICT is 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 headed by Honorable Adelu. right? So the point there is this: when bills are passed, right, first stage. First reading, second reading, you know, committee stage, public hearing. Public hearings are supposed to be the opportunities to send in your memorandum, right, to the National Assembly to say, this is my perspective on this bill. or This is our perspective on this bill, right? That's it. However, even at the committee, it always gets to the committee stage, no matter how they dodge public hearing. Right? And the committee involves those who are concerned with the bill. So for instance, when you talk of bills related to ICT, you know, whatever, there are committees that are related to that. Just go to the NAS website, look for these committees, find their names, and pressure these members of the committees. It's just as simple.
1: Phone calls, emails, letters, how phone
2: call me constitute... All these committee members and chairmen are from a certain constituency, right? So, if it needs that, you need to ensure that you have a physical convergence. But we usually don't get to that. From what I've been able to advise people, there was a time there was a certain bill, it has nothing to do with tech though, on um, sickle cell. And some members of the sickle cell group, you know, were complaining, I was there with them and they were complaining about the fact that the bill does not adequately cater to their specific uh, concerns. And I just advised them, why don't you, let's let's start something. I'm not in healthcare, I'm in tech, but from policy we can apply the same approach. Why not look for the people that are members and chairpersons of the committees of health or matters of public health or matters related to this particular bill, right? Reach out to them. Interestingly, one of them, I had the number. Somebody else had the number of another one of them, of such. And they reached out. Interestingly, they called them in for a meeting in their offices. I express, and that was how that bill was kept aside, right? And so that is how to really engage policymakers. You see, you can be on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Share your opinion. Yes, advocacy is a good tool. It builds public consciousness in case you need to rally public concerns on the issue, right? But policy making and policy influencing is more specific. Identifying the policy makers involved and ensuring that you pressure them specifically.
1: Hmm. Okay, so I, I'm guessing this doesn't just apply to the Senate, any other regulatory oh, yes, bodies?
2: regulatory bodies and, and the likes.
1: Oh. You know,
2: the individuals involved, individuals, identified individuals, not just... Um, the institution
1: as a whole oh okay that makes a lot of sense so yeah uh, we've come to the end of the, the podcast and thank you very much for You're welcome the interesting conversations uh <laughs> if, if i don't then stop myself the chief
2: questions and the devil advocate <laughs> 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 no no if, if
1: i didn't stop myself we'll just, we'll just keep going and going and going and going i mean there are some philosophical implications that are in my head right now i don't even right. want to start getting into but Yeah, so many, many things to discuss, so many questions to ask. And uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. And anyone I can't answer, I'm going to bring it to my guy
0: here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyone I can't answer immediately, bring it to my guy here. And of course, let us know what you think about social media and the internet. Should it be regulated considering all the possible negative effects while still saying that there are positive effects uh, that come with social media? And of course, there's the developments in the IT on the global stage and there's one that could affect how you market your business online. So you need to pay attention to this video and share it with your friends, your family, your well wishers and even your enemies, because if your enemy is in trouble, it's most likely you're nest. And,
2: and, <laughs> and if your enemy is in trouble, yeah, you know, the, your enemy will start envying your own success. <laughs> so uh, let your enemies prosper so that they won't have time for <laughs> for for the enemy's job Yeah, true, true, true <laughs>
1: Alright guys, so Yeah, wherever you're seeing this video Google Podcast, no, seeing this video So, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok LinkedIn, Twitter, anywhere you're seeing this Kindly share, subscribe, like And share with your friends Or if you're listening to us on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio Anywhere you get your podcast Just listen, like, and subscribe And see you
0: some other time. Bye-bye.